three, four. The Common Counterpart. We are back with The Common Counterpart, episode 38. I am your beta host, Josh. And I am Mark. Hey, friend. Hello, hello. Now that we are looking at the forgotten, do you find yourself looking at things and kind of wondering what's going to happen at the end of its life? I find myself as the forgotten. Oh, interesting. Okay, let's make this all about Mark all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just think that all of the stuff that we've been looking at, now, of course, my algorithm is going crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But not in the way that many answers are being revealed. Mm -hmm. Almost like, here's what some people are saying, but... We can't really show you how the sausage is being made. Well, there's no money in the forgotten. That's why they're the forgotten. Exactly. Uh, However, today's topic, there's a little bit of redemption. I don't know if redemption's the right word. Well, maybe not. Maybe recycling? Sure. Not Recy- a complete loss. Yes. Now, we have, you have voiced many issues with recycling. I don't believe I, I know what it is. It doesn't do what it claims to do. Do you recycle? I recycle the things I know I can recycle, um, cardboard, plastic, and aluminum and glass. So your blue bin comes out every week. Half full. Okay. But you're at least making the effort. And, I mean, you know, we've been kind of improving the house. And so every now and again, there's this big cardboard box. Honey, what's that? That's our new fire pit. Oh, great. So knowing that I am burning the planet with the fossil fuel it took to send it over, I'm doing my part by recycling the cardboard. Good for you. It's a small victory, but somebody's got to fight the fight. I will tell you that if it requires me to do more than like six feet of walking, Uh I'm just going to throw it in the trash. Which is interesting because there are things about you that you will invest lots of energy and I'm very big on rule following. Yes, but this is just not a rule worth following. I thought it was you, but I know I remember reading a couple of things. In uh, the way that we recycle in the United States mm-hmm. is the most inefficient recycling methods possible. What is it? And it you does not work. Right. So in, in a lot of the northern European countries. They do a very good job. They also don't have trash services. Well... Much like Starbucks, where you get very confused, or Chipotle, as you're trying to throw away your stuff, and there's nine different places to put things. Have you experienced this? At Starbucks, there's the recycle and the trash. Yeah, there's like, I think there's two or three at at Chipotle. You're joking. But in Europe, Uh there's like seven or eight bins at a park, and they have numbers on them Mm -hmm. and colors, and everyone knows, which I think is great. Yes. Because glass is awesome. Yes. But green glass has to be recycled with just green glass. Correct. You have to segregate your recycle. Correct. (laughs) It needs to be placed appropriately to get the job done for what it's looking to do. I got a disappointed mother look from Mark. Don't like that word. (laughs) Bad historical connotations. Yes. Now, we don't do a lot of glass. No. We we... do a lot of plastic. Yes. And what we don't realize is that most plastics can't be recycled because we make them to be durable. And so the thin, crappy water bottles, why are they thin and crappy? Because they are designed to be recycled. The K-cup that you get your coffee in can be recycled, but you have to dismantle the aluminum 
separate it from the coffee grinds, and pull the paper filter out. Well, I do that. I know you do not. I do not. Now, do you recycle your pizza box? Yes. You cannot, sir. I know. I know. It's got the grease and the, the so, colored print. So you're wrong. I am wrong. So don't do it. If I don't, well, so here's the thing, though. I have adult children living and visiting my home, and so when we eat, we do fill up the gray trash bin, and sometimes I need to choose my battles and fill the blue one up. You have small people at your house. Well, I will tell you, though, we get boxes quite a bit from Amazon. That's right. And so I do like the blue because it. I don't, I guess I don't really care. You now, don't. I will do my job and uh-huh. I will put the things, because we have two trash cans next mm-hmm. to each other in the kitchen, one of which is for plastics and glass mm-hmm. and aluminum and one is for trash. If we did not do that, mm-hmm. I don't know that we would survive the one trash can every week. I can tell you, we It would can't. be very tough. Yes. Now, the people that have the smaller trash cans, I'm not sure what high horse they're living on. Right. But it really bothers me. And they're saving, I think, five bucks a month. But they are communicating. They're not killing the planet as quickly. Yeah. They are doing a much better job than we are, and we should worship them. Uh, but I think you went too far with that one, but well, I, I see your point. With recycling... <clears throat> Today we're talking, we're staying in the ocean. Now, if yes. we look at our podcast as a whole, mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time in the ocean. We did. We have. I mean, didn't we talk about airplanes? We did, but I mean, all the way back to piracy, we some have of the been... other episodes, the underwater cables. It is. You do realize that 75% of the earth is ocean, right? Yeah, I know. I guess I'm just being selfish towards the, towards the land. Okay, so we're, we're, we're going to do more of a land-based forgotten episode next time. Yeah, I just feel like it's, I don't want to say cop-out, but doing ocean-based <laughs> forgotten, it's like, yeah, dude, no one knows what's going on out there. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, kind okay. of in a way. Uh, but today, we're talking about ships. 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 And S-H-I-P-S. Not, and not, we're not talking about boats. No, we're talking about the big daddies, the, the granddaddies of them all. The cruise liners, the cargo ships. The biggest of the biggest. Mm-hmm. Pirate ships. Oh, see, we did cruise ships. We did we cargo did. ships when we talked about shipping lanes. The little we ship did it that could. We talked about the Suez Canal. Wow. We just be living in the ocean. For those who you're, are not big ocean people, you're, uh, you're, you're kind of biased towards the ocean, it looks I like. I guess. We're talking about ship graveyards. Yes. Now, up to this point, we have spent time looking at airplanes, a massive transportation mm-hmm. that has to be. Removed at some point. Yes. Because their technology changes and it's no longer safe. Correct. That's what they say. Yeah, I guess. I mean, do you, have you seen like some of the planes from like the 60s and stuff? I don't want to fly on those. So It's like the Spirit Airlines. What if they had to somehow mark the exterior of a plane? How many times it's flown? Or how many, how old it is? Mm, I don't think I want to know. You see this like old gray plane, yeah. all wrinkly. I think I'm just like, yeah, it's like soup. It's like off white. Yeah, you spent so much time in the sun. Thirty. You can still smell the smoke from yeah. when it was legal. I don't think I want that. So we we like knowing that we're on large, safe, new transportative technologies. Now I'm gonna get a little hoity right now. A little hoity-toity. Planes are great. Okay. Do we need the cruise industry? Well, no. But I've never. Have you ever it's been on very a cruise? Expensive. No, I've always been told that. No, building a cruise ship is very expensive. Right, but I've got people who 
swear by the cruise. Our cruise people? Well, up until recently, you were probably okay. Yeah, so are we, are we, do you really want to jump into that rabbit hole? Well, I don't want to go in the rabbit hole, but we got to state facts as facts. The cruise industry is dead. Took a huge hit with, with the vid. Yeah. Now, when you catch a certain disease, mm-hmm. any disease yeah. on a ship, mm-hmm. you are taking the island philosophy and you are shrinking it down even farther. <laughs> this idea of, we wonder why places like Hawaii, uh-huh. Australia, New Zealand have been so strict with their protocols. Wait, you consider Australia an island? Sure. What would you say it is? Well, it's a continent. Well, it's surrounded by water. So is North America. That's not true. Okay. I you, see the point you're trying to make. Yes. Africa is. Do the math. Suez Canal. Yeah, but that wasn't, <laughs> it was built that way. Okay. Can we put an asterisk by Australia? Sure. I'll give you that. Okay. Uh, you have to be strict because anything you let in mm-hmm. is going to fester and so, it's not going to have a place to escape. So I just want to make sure I understand you correctly. The right to monitor one's borders is somewhat dependent upon the size of the landmass. And whether you're surrounded by land or water. Okay. Um, I found the Australian response to COVID a bit over the top. I don't know about you. Well, a couple things on that. Number one is they're off on their own. They're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Australia kind of always has been. And I like that about Australia. It's great. I do think that you can make those types of choices because... Mm-hmm. You are, I think that I am okay with theirs because they are not in the middle of something. Like no one is being forced to go through that Mm -hmm. to get to something else. Okay. Like you know what you're getting into kind of a thing, right? That's your destination. That's Mm -hmm. not, that Australia has never been a part of anyone's journey. That's a good point. So I think that you have a little bit more autonomy in Mm -hmm. what you choose to do. Right. And it's like, yeah, man, they're kind of crazy down there. We just don't go down there. I will say, uh, now that they, because just recently they lifted the the COVID restrictions in Australia. Oh, you can go now? You can go now. Um, I think you were going to see two things. You were going to see a revolt against the, some might say, tyrannical response to COVID. And I also think you were going to see a gangbuster uh, tourist dollar. Maybe this is what they were doing. Oh, supply and demand. It kind of is true, right? Well, it's also kind of true that you're more of a conspiracy theorist than you want to admit to. No, I'm an I'm an I'm an economic. There we go. You're an, op- you're an opportunist. Yes. Okay. I think that that is a true thing. Yeah. I w- always have kind of wanted to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. Like just you know, yeah. Well, I'd like to go. But when you say I, you tell me I can't go, oh, oh, Papa Patriot tells <laughs> me that I can do whatever I want. Have you been trying to sell this one to your wife? Nah, I don't think I need to. I feel like she would be in. It is your obligation. Well, I feel like if you tell me I can't do something, mm-hmm. and I feel like it is my American-born right. As an American. Sold to me by Thomas Paine. Considering that it's not America, but it's Australia. Well, I should be able to go. Well, it's like England part two, it's right? It's England part four. Four? You can't give them part two. Who gets part two? India. <gasps> India part two, South Africa part three, Australia part four. What about China? We t- we stole their tea. Doesn't matter. Okay. We didn't we didn't stay. Okay. You're right. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. It was not worth the squeeze. One thing I don't think you're gonna find in Australia 
is the messy business of ship recycling. No. So with shipping, much like cars, well, unlike cars, but much mm -hmm. like airplanes, there is not a big used market. However, no. there is one that does exist. And I think this relates back to what I talked about when I, I think I mentioned the car thing uh -huh. um, on the other episode where we sell a lot of our cars that we can do nothing with to- Other countries? Underdeveloped countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The same thing happens in the cruise industry where you'll see big dogs uh -huh. in the game who have great ships after about 20 years- we can go ahead and just demote that to like a domestic style cruise, right? Really? Yeah. You don't necessarily need the biggest and the best everywhere. When you say domestic, are we talking... I'm saying like, you get a little, you know, maybe not a harbor cruise, they'd be a little small, uh -huh. but doing like little quick hitters, you might be able to buy a secondhand cruise ship off of somebody. Like the fact that that market exists, mm -hmm. you know how there's like motors.ebay.com? I want no. there to be like ships.ebay. <laughs> cruiseline? Yeah, cruiseline.ebay.com so I can see what's available on the market. I would love to see what, what the, uh, the the money on that is. What's the depreciation on a cruise yeah. ship? Once it hits the ocean, is it half the value is gone? Well, yeah, or, or what do you say? Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie uh, honeymooned on right. this boat? Right, right. What's, what's your selling point? And it's like a, like a, a Mustang, right? People see a Mustang and like, ooh, you know, 60-something or a Chevy, you know, 50-whatever. Um I would have to imagine some cruise ships just don't have the value. Is the 87 Carnival really what you want to be rolling <laughs> yeah. in? Is that a Pinto? Is yeah. It... I'm not sure how that works. I'm also not sure how you kick the tires on one of those bad boys to yeah. make sure it passes inspection. Now, in, in a lot of our, our research, there's a lot of stuff that you just can't know. So w when I've bought in a used car, I always have the person selling it to me meet me at my mechanic. So listen, if you want me to buy the car, you got to let me kick the tires, right? Right. And so he puts it up on the rack. He looks underneath. He checks the smog. I pay my mechanic a little bit money. And I have a pretty good sense of what I'm getting. I know what a car looks like. There's not a lot of components for me to look at. But when you're buying a used ship, the number of dead bodies and toxic waste, and there might just be a little crack <laughs> Well, Deep it's like, down in the hole. It's like the house, right? Like when you buy a house and you you don't think you ever watch like uh, Fixer Upper or uh -huh. Property Brothers and they're like, no, it should only be like three grand. And then they pull the baseboard back and they're yeah. like, oh, there's water <laughs> damage. This has to go all the way down to the Termite foundation. Termite damage. And it's a boat. It's going to rust, right? I mean, you're giving it the worst elements possible. Mm -hmm. No one has ever said, hey, leave this out in the sun for months and salt in water. salt water. And don't worry, it's going to hold. And... Think about what you have to put on the boat or in the material to fight the bleaching of the sun and the corrosion of salt water. Not to mention the tides and the underwater and the, just the grind. Never mm -hmm. has a cruise ship just been like, oh, this is going to be an easy one. Yeah. We're only going to put five people on board. And they're bogging that thing down to the max. Absolutely. That would be an interesting thing to look at as, as a empty ship is in port, as the thousands and thousands of people board, I'd like to see how how much more it sinks in the, in the water. Well, I mean, you know, you have like, um, you have like the air that uh -huh. they have like- the, Oh, the ballast. The ballast that yeah. they fill and everything. Mm -hmm. But that that takes effort. Like can, none of this is like easy work. Can you imagine being the one guy that gets off the boat and you see the boat rise back up? <laughs> Pull off your three suitcases. You ever, you ever had somebody in your car like that? They get out and the car just yeah. bounces back You're up. Like, Man, there's my suspension. <laughs> yeah. Well, these cruise shipyards, now, if you had to guess prior to doing research, mm -hmm. 
would you have pegged these recycling centers where they are? Um, I would have pegged them in developing countries for sure. Um, but I wouldn't have known exactly where. No, these are not things that are very well known, right? Mm -mm. Um, Again, but... Do do you want to know, though? Yeah. I mean, the reason we forget about them is nobody wants to look at abandoned, recycled ships. Yeah, and there's a a couple that exist, but we're really going to focus on two of the big ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where are they located? We have got one just outside of Mumbai. Mumbai, did I say that right? Mumbai. Mumbai. Mm -hmm. Uh, along. Yep. And then there is another one in Turkey called Al- Alanaga. Now, locations for these are essential. Turkey. Well, it does have to be near the water. Being where the east meets the west. Really? Yeah, that was always the spot. You know that? No. Do you know the chemical reaction for cellular respiration? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're a history guy, kind of. Turkey, Istanbul, Constantinople, okay, but where the East meets the West. Again, real quickly, that has been the thing that always bothered me about some history stuff, is they changed the names of things. Well, I mean, they did change the name of it, but it's still where the East meets the West. By the way, who are the Ottomans? <laughs> <laughs> the Ottoman Empire is a tough one. Yeah. Now, a lot of cruising in Europe. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to have something close. Yeah. The farther you have to take it, the more expensive it's going to be. Right. Another one being in India. Crazy big shoreline. Yeah. You have Southeast Asia, known as one of the biggest shipping hubs in the world. Mm-hmm. So these locations, to me, aren't surprising. What is interesting, though, is they are relative. They're pretty close to each other, though, right? They are pretty close to each other. I guess, I mean, but what's your other option? True. Well, you know, I take that back. Wait a minute. What am I looking at here? Okay, I apologize. I thought Turkey was Saudi Arabia for a hot minute. <laughs> oh no, not far from there. No, but no. But you, you. What's interesting though is to drop that to drop them off in Turkey, you got to go through the Mediterranean. But these ships are already in the Mediterranean. I think that oh. I think that you know how we have the uh, the Ensenada, the California Ensenada three dayer. It's yeah. like one of the most famous. You know, that is you have here. Like, this is what people do. It's a three-day. It's pretty easy. And is that because the food poisoning doesn't kick in until the fourth day? Yeah, and, and you're, you're already off back the home. boat. Yeah. yeah. I think that the routes that they take in the Mediterranean, you know, you got Greece, you got Sicily, mm-hmm. you got all of these places that are beautiful, south sure. of France, and they're all located within the Mediterranean. So I think that that makes sense. Do you think maybe that might have just been uh, North America? <laughs> trying to convince people there's no good reason to ever recycle ships uh, on our shores. Because I'm looking at the map. It's a bit one-sided. It's very one-sided. Mm-hmm. But where would you put it? In the Gulf? Well... It needs to go in an area that is not going to be disturbed. Well, I got to say, when I'm looking at the map, uh, any sort of recycling is going to get flushed a lot better off the Indian coast. I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, the, con- the, the convection and conveyor belts of the ocean waters. Of the currents? No. Yeah. But in the Indian Ocean, um, you get a lot of, of current, underwater and, and surface water currents. So if you're sawing off rusty metal bits or, God forbid, some sort of hazardous material comes flying out the ship, that is going to be somebody else's problem in a couple weeks as it flows out to the ocean. Well, and I also think that India has a very big recycling industry. Wait, beyond shipping? Ships? Yeah. Okay. Um, like people, 
make a living recycling old electronics. But we this is this isn't um, this isn't like a, a, a top tier industry, is it? Well, for them, it is. Okay. A lot of people make their living this way. Now it's it's again kind of the untalked about thing. Like, why is India the dump yard of mm-hmm. the world? But technically it is because for that to work Mm -hmm. what do you need you need unskilled labor Mm -hmm. and you need a lot of it otherwise recycling isn't worth it and it's also we're not dumping these aren't they being purchased they are being purchased the ships but i'm talking about old electronics right old bicycles old all sorts of things which and by the way uh it's amazing how disposable certain things are right i mean you and i have probably driven cars that were older than some of these ships when they're being recycled. The lifespan on these things is 10 to 20 years. Yeah, it's not very long. But I guess that, I mean, do you really want one longer? N- no, I've never been on a cruise ship. What kind of, what's the oldest car you've been in? Um, like maybe one that I've owned. But like a day, yeah, but like a daily. Uh, the oldest, <laughs> I don't think. Have you ever been in a, have you ever owned a car that's over 25 years old that you've driven every day? No. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's on a road. Right. Put that in the ocean. It's like, mm, I don't know if I trust the bottom anymore. That's a good point. I guess you, the assumption is it's larger, and it took really, really smart people to make it. You think? So you think it would have to last longer. Do you longer. know who's making these ships? <laughs> well, I've been told they are the, the best and the brightest. I guess. Yeah. I don't really know what you need. But then again, we just got, you know, last episode, we, st- we talked about the space station and held it 20 years. Yeah. They're going to dump... You know, maybe Obama was right when he did that cash for clunkers program. This is just the bigger version of it. Yeah, it's like maybe after twenty years, it's just call it. Yeah, time of death. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty cool one. So I was kind of turned on to this after I saw um, some images mm-hmm. of just what it would look like, and you kind of get this. You know, cruise ships are made to be pretty, right? The decks all have like roller coasters mm-hmm. and miniature golf and just. It's just ridiculous, right. right? And so when you see them all like hitting each other or like butted up against each other and there's nine or 10 or 11 of them, it just looks like a traffic jam. Mm-hmm. It looks like the Suez Canal's like worst nightmare. And you see it, it just doesn't look right. Right. And I, after I saw that, I'm like, what is happening here? And then kind of just following the rabbit trail of airplanes, this is another industry where they have to do something with mm-hmm. those that are no longer needed. And the planes get some space because of their odd shape. But the boats, they're kind of designed to, when you're done with them, just stack them side by side. Yeah, they're very, uh, they all kind of match, right? Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I do like about this over some of the other ones is you can't just let a ship sit in the water. But you used to. I mean, I guess you could sink them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess the international governments have set a decent precedent that it's okay to sink stuff. So maybe the value is developing countries have figured out a way to make significant dollars out of this. I think that's it. They have chosen or they have been forced to choose a method in which no one else is going to do. Mm -hmm. So they do have – what I was kind of alluding to earlier is they do have recycling centers in India that are different than the ones we have here because they process a lot. They're really? used to going through and taking the scrap metal. So you're saying that they can take a radio or a DVD or TV couch, and they will, once it's at the end of its life, they will dismantle it 
and recycle anything that can be recycled either. Yeah. And as people's, you know, for a living, they'll scrounge around mm -hmm. into these places every day. That's their job. They're, I've, they're I've seen that. Yeah, it's terrible, but that's what they have and that's the condition that they're in. So this is just the bigger version of that. I think they're just more equipped to having that mindset. Mm -hmm. um, not good or bad. It just is what they have. But the one thing that concerns me, we, we talked about this earlier, is the larger something is, um, they don't really, con they consider the construction, they, they do it to be safe. You construct a car in a manner that's safe to the worker. You construct an airplane in a manner that's safe to the worker. Nobody designs these big things thinking about the safety of the person dismantling or recycling. Yeah, it's not a Lego. Right. It doesn't go together the same way it comes apart. Exactly. And I can only imagine what 20 years of surf and sun and sand and salt does to the metal. So you're not up there with a DeWalt cordless drill taking bolts out, or right? Or a Cressor wrench. They don't just pop right <laughs> off. No. Um, and so when you're dismantling this thing... Um, gravity is your worst enemy. It is. And I think the thing that goes unnoticed is how big they are. When you see a cruise ship, you know, it's like an iceberg. What, and it has to half fit. Of, half of it's in the water, though. And you have to, it has to fit on the picture or the screen. And you, you can't see the person waving at you. Right. Um, yeah, that, that is a little uh, misleading. So we have a huge ship that has to be taken apart piece by piece. Mm-hmm. Not by one person. I was reading that there are crews over a thousand people that are responsible for taking apart these ships. And with a thousand people, it can take six to 12 months to take apart one ship. It's not a NASCAR uh, pit crew. No. Also, you're thinking like, hey, what'd you do last year? Oh, well, I took apart one ship. Mm -hmm. That was my whole job yeah. the whole year. I worked on the same ship the entire year. That's crazy. Would you find greater value in constructing a ship like that in a year? or deconstructing the ship in a year? Mm, that's a good question. I think that if there were an environmentalist in me, uh -huh. I think taking it apart. Okay. But, I mean, you always want to see what you create. Mm -hmm. But we have a, um, a building that's going up outside of our school right now, a, a new building, and I watch it every day. I see it from my window. And I'm just like, gosh, what is taking that thing so long? Right. Like, the, the, the changes are just so slow. Mm -hmm. Until you hit something huge, I do think you don't get a true sense of how big it is unless you put it together. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's uh, a little bit of mystery to it. We just kind of think that, again, you know, the bottom comes in one piece. You just kind of drop the top on there, screw in a couple things, and you're good I to go. I would love to see the owner's manual on one of these ships. So many pages. Yeah. I mean, my Lego books are like 100 pages plus that my daughter does, so I can only imagine what it would what look like. What are you like. guys building? Like princess towers or something? Some towers, okay. some tree houses. Interesting. Yeah, you know. Do you, do you think you might have a greater uh, respect and understanding when you guys dismantle it, or do you just crush it? I do like to crush it. <laughs> like King Kong yeah, or something? Yeah, it's kind of fun. I feel like they'd be better. So what, what do you think has prevented them from just building a giant boat crusher and then building a giant boat melter downer like the ones that like you do cars mm -hmm. like it just kind of crushes it together yeah. Gosh, i feel like the force would have to be so crazy but there, there is a part of and again being the science guy if you burn something hot enough you can get every material back to its elemental state so steel is not a pure element but if you got that ship hot enough you could just melt everything down and then they would just smelt and layer off 
You can sell the tin, you can sell the carbon, you can sell all these things, but I don't think that's what they do. I mean, I think when you talk about processes like that, it's going to require a very advanced country with technology to be able to handle mm -hmm. that. I think the idea sounds better. Mm -hmm. I'm just imagining a guy with like a big blowtorch just like, just taking the whole thing out. <laughs> or just lighting it on fire from the inside. That was, see, there was a, MTV one time uh, sold the, uh, it was a fundraiser and a lottery. And if you won, you got to hit the button on a demolition of a casino in Las Vegas. Those are kind of fun to watch. That, so to, to watch the destruction, but again, you know, you're on land, you don't, you've got the tractors, you can do that. Once all the crap comes down, you just scoop it up. This is steel. This isn't concrete and brick and, and drywall. This is no, this heavy is, duty. This is the, you do need to take it apart the right way. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you make way more work for yourself. Right. But it isn't just the actual materials itself. And this is where the environmental piece comes in. Mm -hmm. What do you get over time? Old houses, old building right. materials. What are we dealing with here that's going to make it kind of a safety hazard to even be in the business. Well, the, one of the things we in America don't worry about asbestos anymore because it, I think they banned it in the late 70s. And so anything built after the 80s can't have asbestos. And why do you have asbestos? It is a fire retardant. Um, it is non-combustible. And if I can think of uh, modes of transportation that I don't want to fire, it would have to be the ocean uh, on a boat or a plane. I mean, Snakes on a plane are bad, but I think fire on a plane is even worse. Can I confess something to you right now? I, is this going to get you in trouble? No. Okay. For a long time, I equated asbestos with some sort of termite. <laughs> I thought you got asbestos. And they'd be like, oh, the house has asbestos. I'm like, man, there must have been some water damage or bacteria <laughs> somewhere. I did not know it was something that was actively done. Yes, and it's a natural substance that we discovered is fire retardant. And so we will take the raw material, process it into fibers, and we, will, we would put it in flooring, ceiling. Um, and now that it's illegal, we put all sorts of weird fire retardants in pajamas and mattresses. Um, and it's really not a good thing for humans to be around anyways. So this is, so as they're deconstructing this, mm -hmm. are, what, what is the, the, what is the medical issue here? Is it breathing it in? Is it yes. your lungs? So, is it transfer by air? Well, so um, intact asbestos is not a concern. If you see a big old chunk of asbestos, do not worry about it. It's, it's the fibers. So when you are sawing through a wall that has asbestos and you're creating this airborne asbestos particle, if you breathe it in and it gets into your lungs, your lungs don't have a mechanism to get a solid micro piece of asbestos fiber out of your lungs. Got it. And if you breathe it in for too long, the scarring and the damage to your lung does lead to, to cancer. Interesting, um, <laughs> when the uh, tobacco industry realized that smoking was bad for you, and then they put filters on their cigarettes, it was asbestos. Nice. Because asbestos doesn't burn. Oh, and that's what you... And then you'd put that on the... So that way you didn't have to worry about your filter burning. Um, of course, you're giving yourself double lung cancer problems. Um, 
So you can only imagine how dangerous this is for somebody who is sawing through uh, something that's got asbestos. It's kicking up these, uh, these fibers, not to mention, what do you think is going to happen to your sewage system on a, on a boat after 20 years? Yeah, it's got to be rough, right? Or, or the paint or the, the sealants they use to keep moisture out. And again, these things were designed with the construction in mind, but not designed with the deconstruction in mind. Because all the things that are being added are beneficial. Correct. They're all exactly what you need. Oh, these types of pipes are going to be great. These sort of sealants are going to be perfect. When it's in use. Right. But, it, but again, it's not your problem. But the same people that are putting them together are not the same people that are taking them apart. Exactly. And that would change things, right? If, right. If, if you put it together, you take it down. If you're going to send a satellite in the, into the uh, space, you also are the same people have to bring it down and recycle it. Yeah, I think that that um, piece of ownership makes a big difference mm -hmm. because you're going to do things a little bit differently yeah. than if you know you never have to look at it again or never have right. to see it again. So these guys that are taking this apart, some of the accounts that I was reading, you know, over 400 people have died deconstructing these ships and in the you, last 20 years. And did you see... In Which that's, repo that's reported, by the way. Yeah, and again, I, I don't want to be... Uh... Well, you know, I take it back. I do. I do want to be a bit conspiratorial. Um, there's a reason these are in developing countries, and these are people who are working on these recycling ship jobs because they don't have an option. No. It's, ex it's exploitation of exactly labor, right? Exactly what it is. And we've talked about this a lot in mm. many different capacities, but you have to have a place where this can be done. I can. Are you going to get this? Is the ship worth recycling when you're paying the person $20 an hour? It's not. A thousand workers, six to twelve months. No, so you're probably too young to remember the Super Bowl commercial. Chevron was trying to get out in front of some environmental issues, and they were talking about how they had underwater abandoned oil pipes that they were not going to pull up out of the ocean. And you got down there, and there was habitat. There was coral, there were fish, that sort of thing. And the thing was, you know. Would a company leave abandoned gear in the ocean and support wildlife? And it was like, people do. And it's like, it was a positive thing that Chevron is leaving their trash in the ocean to build aquatic habitat. Can you imagine Carnival saying, we will deconstruct this ship for you at the end of its life because we care that much about you? And oh, then, by the way, your your trip is going to cost three times as much money. And then zone two, right, or <laughs> zone two, the coast of India, there we where go. they're just all stacked on top of each <laughs> other. Yeah, it's a, it's a, again something that I mean, I'm sure while people are on the cruise ships, never thinking like, man, this is going to be a real pain in the butt to take down. Have you seen the progressive commercial of that dude who's trying to help? people not become their parents. It's my favorite. It's, okay. it's literally my favorite. By the way, I'm I'm guilty of at least a third of those things. And when they're walking into that football stadium and the guy's like, hey, so are we going to leave around the third quarter? Let's not talk about leaving until we get there. <laughs> that's me, though. <laughs> that is me, too. <laughs> me, too. It, but that's so good. But that's the idea, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, who's taking this apart <laughs> when we're done? <laughs> we don't have a plan. Right. Um, but again, the developed world doesn't have to have a plan. The idea is somebody's going to want our trash. And if they don't want it, we'll just put it someplace where people don't live. We sink it. <laughs> right? What if the other method was, hey, you know what we have? You ever heard of Point Nemo? 
You can just go sink that cruise ship out there. And so why don't we? And for a, and for a hundred thousand dollars, we'll let you drop a nuke on it. Oh, you can make some cash. You could pay off like the entire deficit. Just, long, just long range yeah. missiles being launched from the coast of New Zealand. Did you see uh, what was that movie? Uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. And they're doing the bachelor party out on that cargo ship. Oh yeah. And he's firing off those 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 uh those rocket launchers. Yeah. It'd be like that. I would love that. I'm telling you. I'll, I'll pay. I would pay a thousand dollars to sink a ship. Yeah. Now, at what point are we supposed to feel bad for like, the Indian worker? I guess it depends. The capitalist in me says we are providing them a service, a job, an opportunity. And then the human in me is thinking, this is a really slimy way to get rid of a boat that you can no longer use and keep what you, you justify as a clean conscience. Now, what I do like, because you just said that, that you can no longer use, Queen Elizabeth. She's Not Queen still, Elizabeth. The, she, uh, the boat. It? The boat. Okay. Not the person. Got it. The boat. Although, let's not. Prayers let, and concern for Queen Elizabeth. Long live the Queen. Who has COVID. Yes. Uh, turning it into a hotel. Okay. Turning it into a museum. Now, wait a minute. The boat was just decommissioned. Yes. And was allowed to port permanently, and people would sleep there as a floating hotel. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of cool. I guess. Was was the Queen Elizabeth a special boat? Was it the grandest of all boats at some point? No, I mean, I don't know about that. I'm not really a boat guy. No, me neither. But, I mean, is that is that better or worse than decommissioning I do, uh, and listen, recycling? If you can repurpose, I say repurpose. But don't repurpose at the cost of somebody else's safety and dignity. I saw, like in Africa... These people who recycle two-liter bottles and that the kids would turn the two-liter bottles into shoes. They flatten out the, the, the two-liter bottle. Uh-huh. And then they tie string around the, the uh, mouth of the bottle. Yeah. And, and it doesn't. It, it kind of goes up and over the toe. Okay. And then they strap it around the little knobby parts on the bottom. And they've got shoes. And someone's going to think, oh, my gosh, I did that. I gave them my trash, and they can make shoes out of the two-liter bottles that I didn't throw away. Um, I personally, I, I find it to be... Uh, Dehumanizing. Know, and, and exploiting, yeah. But this is a little different, right? This idea of, of a, a floating restaurant or something. But yeah. I guess it also brings in the other point, like, there never is a zero cost. Like, right. you having that boat in the harbor is doing damage, right? Yeah, it has to. To local wildlife, to... Everything's get attached to it. Yeah. The the paint that's still seeping off the bottom. Mm -hmm. There is no what is it a zero sum like right. There has to exist something right. But let's be honest, it's not in our waters. No. So it's somebody else's problem. And again, the ocean being so vast, you feel like you're never going to see it. I mean, people that are like okay with Point Nemo, it's like well, never really going to see it. Right. No, this you can see, and I'm. I think you showed me this one initially. The the they're they're almost artistically put together these photos on CNN. Yeah, you know you've got these like one or two uh, ships that still look functional. That's the other thing too. Like they don't look terrible. No, like they look like they could. I don't know. I'm not a boat guy, but they look like they could still move. Yeah, 
Well, I'm even looking at this one that's deconstructed. <laughs> it looks like it would, well, that, not that one. That one looks, man, I didn't realize how much stuff is in a boat. So much stuff. It's also just really tall. I mean, it's yeah. daunting. One, you're talking two, about stories three, high. Five, yeah, this thing is like from the bottom of the boat. You're looking at 10, 15, maybe 20 stories. All right, that's like saying, we're going to deconstruction this skyscraper and we're going to take it down piece by piece. So what, in regards to the, the forgotten, I think the one thing that I keep thinking about, and you mentioned it, what are you going to do with this thing when you're done with it? With the cruise, we understand planes, right? People need to fly. It's, it's, it's a global world. And some things have to be shipped. We need big cargo ships to get to and from China. Right, it's right. cost effective. The cruise ship industry, do you think it's it's on the death slide? I don't think it bounces back. Okay. I think that we will look back at cruises in 40, 50 years, and they will think, wow, what a weird kind of phenomenon that was that you mm -hmm. would travel by boat. Right. What do you get from a boat that you can't get from an airplane faster? Well, the trick has always been you make the journey fun. Fun. But if the flight is fast enough, mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be fun. Well, correct. But the boat, the thing about the boat that people have told me is you pay X and it's all inclusive. Right. Now, you are stuck on that boat with those people. With those germs. With those germs. With that history. And because um, I think you, you said it, aren't you assigned certain tables on a cruise? Yeah, I don't know. But what happens when the annoying honeymoon couple no, tracks I, you down? I mean, there's, or the kid. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? I, I just think that as I'm looking at it, there's no way I would rather just be, you know what? Let's just fly to the destination yeah. and we'll go all inclusive there. Yeah. And not have to deal with a boat. Yeah. And then if somebody does start coughing, you can just walk away. You can just leave. Yeah. I, I, I think it's dying. What do you think? Um, I, well, there, there, there are certain industries I don't trust. Big pharma, uh, big government, big tech. And just recently I've decided I don't, <laughs> I don't trust PR. I do not trust the advertising industry. They, they, they take at best, a decent idea, and they sell you that it's going to be life-changing. If the cruise industry cannot rebrand themselves, I think it's done. And the only way to rebrand yourself is you have to offer more for less. You ha that's exactly it. You cannot be the big player in town and think that you're going to be able to compete with the new ways that people are traveling, with right. the new things that people are doing, mm -hmm. right? It's just not the same anymore. So now you're looking at hiring staff, possibly not from the country of origin. Uh, you're looking at, uh, in regards to how you do the food. Yeah, it's very, cleaning. it's gonna be very expensive. Yeah. But you have no money because COVID just wiped you out. Yeah. So it's gonna be a tough one. And again, when you go back and you start looking at humans, we don't need to fly. No. We don't need to vacation. We don't need, like, I mean, look at Hollywood. They took a huge right. hit. But we definitely don't need to cruise. We definitely don't need it. Now, I do need my uh, stuff from I China. My, I need my Amazon. Yeah, I need my but Amazon besides stuff. Besides that, that's yeah. all I need. For sure. Well, before we go, why don't you hit them with a little bit of wisdom of the week? Uh, yeah, ha happy to. In fact, what's interesting is I'm not entirely sure we've ever had a, uh, a double hitter, but... Uh, this Grace Hopper lady, uh, she must have done something pretty neat because she is now quoted twice on the Common Counterpart. And she said, a ship 
in port is safe, but that's not what the ships are built for. Uh, a great reminder that, yes, it's nice to get some rest, but we are born and designed uh, for adventure, and so I'll leave us with that saying. What do you think, Mark? Well, I think that they're not designed for it, and maybe we should look at the design again. I like that. But then again, do either of us really care? No, we don't. <laughs> and that's why it's on this series called The, the Forgotten. Forgotten. All right, Josh, I'll see you next week, buddy. Yes, see you.